Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Sliding his way onto the show to say yes to this epic conversation today is a man who truly embodies what it means to step into kingship and answer to the call of life with an overwhelming yes. He holds an MBA in strategic management from Yonsei Graduate School of Business, is one of the slickest movers I have ever witnessed, having owned a gym called Recess in Memphis, famous for its inside-out approach to wellness, unique program design, and fun-first philosophy, and is a world-class storyteller and adventurer. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming the man who has made it his life mission to surrender to the flow, say yes to his heart, and trust that the universe has always got his back. Brooks Meadows. What's up, man? Ooh, will you do my intros everywhere I go? Bro, I got you, dude. Tahiti Lime's going to sponsor you. We already know this. <laughs> it's the one and only sponsor I'm taking. Huh? Yeah, bro. Let's fucking go, dude. <laughs> Man. Oh, LFG, Ryan. Dude, so LFG, baby. Great to be here, bro. Yeah, dude. I'm so stoked mm. to have you on, man. And... You know, it's so good to hear your voice and have the opportunity to riff with you one-on-one. Uh, you know, considering the level of epicness I've heard from merely the footnotes of your life story, I'd be honored if you could share with the listeners and me your journey, specifically any standout moments that have allowed you to become the man you are today, Mr. Brooks Meadows. Oh, we, Ryan. Thank you <laughs> for the uh, – it's hard – you're so good at doing the intro, man. Oh, it's dude. like the highlights really feel the highlights really feel like you're doing it justice. But what I will say, the thing that's been foremost at my mind uh, lately, and it is my decision to move to South Korea um, in 2009. Hmm. That moment of like really choosing to leave my family beyond just a, a, a travel trip. Mm-hmm. Um, where I'm going to go become an expatriate, like an expat, essentially. Yeah. That was a very defining moment of action in my life. Mm. And many of the great stories that you loved, you know, in our, our private time together, and even mm-hmm. the ones that you've heard, the king says yes, mm-hmm. all of that uh, is all great, but nothing has defined me and shaped me more as a man than the decision to, to move across and move to a new continent. Mm. That is beautiful, man. And, you know, I've heard quite a bit about your South Korea journey. And just before we hit record, we were talking about the next chapter of that journey, which is all of us going together collectively to South Korea in 2021, which I am stoked about. And I'd love it like, you know, some of the things you've talked about when it comes to South Korea that I really want to expand further on would be things like, you know, I remember you saying that, like, you know, you don't really know what it's like to laugh until you make someone laugh in their own language. And I'd love for you to expand on that a little bit, because I feel like that is like the essence of what I know Brooks Meadows to be as someone who really goes deep enough. We're like, uh, you know, this is actually something that I thought about as I was writing out your interview was, you know, you have this ability to take beautiful wisdom and put it into simplicity in a way that anyone could understand it. And also, the more you are like, the more you're able to go deep, the more you can understand the layers to it, you know, so like, for instance, with that question, like anyone could understand why it'd be funny to like make someone laugh in their own language, but or and I'd love to hear your, your full story of what that entails and what that means for you. Sure, man. Well, let let me start here. And that is, 
So I said the decision to move was a big one. Mm-hmm. I graduated. Uh, I, I was I studied at a university called Christian Brothers University in Memphis. I studied economics. And um, that's where I met uh, my infamous friend, Sam, who is my co-star, my co-pilot <laughs> from the King Says Yes uh, experience where we, where we go on a backpacking trip to Jamaica together. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I traveled out of the United States was to Spain. He was on that trip. Um, and he was the person that inspired me to move to Korea in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I had done an internship uh, with FedEx while I was in school. It pushed my graduation date back one semester, which seemed like a really good trade-off at the time until you realized the trade-off was pushing that semester back to when the financial crisis happened, the housing market started, you know, the bubble started bursting. And, and in real time, all these companies stopped hiring people and people with 10 years of work experience were applying for unpaid internships. I mean, it was just like, it was a tough time. Yeah. But Sam, being the worldly person, he, he encouraged me to move to Korea. Oh, you can teach English, you can go travel, you save some money, all these things. And so that was the carrot that got me out there. And so what I decided to do after I moved there was to learn as much as I possibly could. That included language, that included culture, like choosing to put yourself in situations that are very against your your norm. And what you learn about language when you start studying it is that a lot of a lot of words don't transfer well. Mm. It's like you don't tra- or translate well, I should say. You know, you can, to your best of your ability, try to explain what a word means, but unless you have the cultural context for that word, then it doesn't really mean anything. Mm. So what I mean by a good common example would be in the West, we tend to take a very individualistic approach. Mm-hmm. So our perspective is centered around the I. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of Eastern communities, um, the collective consciousness takes the center. So the we is the perspective that you take on. Mm-hmm. Where do you fit in the we? And so there is a word for that in Korean, um, and it's nunchi, nunchi. And what nunchi means essentially is to see the situation and to know how to be. So if I'm in a group of, let's just make it really simple. If I'm in a group of four people, and we're sitting down at a dinner table, and I am the youngest at the table. Nunchi isoyo, if I have nunchi, then I know that my role at the table is to serve the other people because I'm the youngest. Mm. That's just nunchi isoyo. I just know that that's what my role is. Whereas in the West, we don't really think about it in that sense. You know, I'm sitting at the table, you're sitting at the table. I have an opportunity to be polite, you have an opportunity to be polite. We can kind of like trade our we trade like a little bit here. I'm, 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 I'm polite here. You're polite there. Yeah. All those things. Yeah. So we have that, but in, in, in Korea, like the situation is always dynamic and fluid. So if a fifth person comes down and sits down at the table and they're the youngest, Nunchi Soyo means I know to sit back and stop serving everyone. Mm-hmm. Nobody had to tell me to stop serving anyone. Nobody collectively like hinted that I needed, I just, if Nunchi Soyo, if I know that, this is the circumstance and I have that ability in that sense, then I just know to stop. Mm. Right. And that just does not translate into the United, <laughs> like into Western language. Yeah. And a lot of it just doesn't make sense. Uh, we don't notice the subtle fluid changes. So I say all that to, to say that to be able to like translate is different than to interpret. Mm-hmm. Interpretation is what I did. Mm. There is no translation for the word nunchi. But I did interpret what it means, right, in the context that I know it to be true. And I've tried to uh, relate that to you with my language. Mm-hmm. So, jokes. 
I'm working at a gym. Uh, the way that Korean language is structured is I can't end a word with a hard S sound. So my name isn't Brooks, which is essentially one syllable. They break it up into three syllables. My name isn't Brooks. It's Buruksu. Buruksu. There's just a certain grammar language there. Okay, great. Buruksu. Other thing you have to understand is that in Korean, they'll adopt a lot of English words, but they'll just say it with a Korean accent. Okay, so um, it's not a barista, it's a barista. (laughs) Barista. Okay, cool. So it's just like that's just the way that the language is set up. You just can't break the rules. That 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 is the way the language is set up. Okay, great. So uh, we had uh, I used to work at a gym called Reebok CrossFit Sentinel One, and we had 450 members. We had a full coaching staff, like eight or nine people. We had a full administrative staff, an AM staff, a PM staff, you name it. And so just to be an admin at our gym, you had to be at least bilingual. You had to speak Korean and English. Coaches, you can get away with speaking English only at this gym, but mm. if you were an admin, you had to be able to speak both. Let's just talk about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> How many gym admins that you know do you know that are multilingual as a requirement? Uh, I can count them all on one hand with no fingers up, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I even just think that like uh, as a Westerner, especially as an American, we speak English, like we just take for granted how varied and cultured so many other people are around the world. And to me, like part of the motivation for the trip that I'm going to host in 2021 is exposing people to these things as a form of personal development, as a form of personal reflection. So we'll talk about that more in a second. But there's Cindy. Cindy is the admin's name. She speaks very – her English is really high competency. But there's a certain level of competency where you can, like, make a joke in another language, and it really lands. Mm. And so every day she would – Cindy would – God bless her. She would see me make my French press every day, every day. Mail, mail in Korean. Mail is every day. Mail, mail. I would make it every day (laughs) before I coached. And she watched this happen for months. And it finally hit her that my name and was three syllables, and so was the word for what I was doing. And so my name isn't Brooks. It is now Barista Buruksu. And she <laughs> howled laughing, like uncontrollable laughter that at the time I didn't fully get. I was like, yeah, funny, right? Like yeah. Barista Buruksu. Ha, ha, ha. But for her, it was such a massive breakthrough. It's because she like had this click in her language that was at a visceral level. She was like, I am understanding this language more fully. And to me, it was like a huge personal development breakthrough moment for her to be able to make that connection and make that joke in real time and, and in a way that made other people laugh too. Mm. And I just love that story. Um, about there's so much wrapped up into that story besides just language. You know, there's personal development, there's uh, competency, and and like what we expect and experience as the norm in the states versus what's the norm in other places. And uh, yeah, I I loved Korea so much because I learned more about not just myself, but like I learned so much about the world in that in that experience, like choosing to move into a completely different type of community and a completely different type of culture 
Not to mention the fact that they're like the leading edge of first world when it comes to technology. So Mm -hmm. you can go and visit a temple that's several thousands of years old, and then you turn a couple of corners and you're looking at the second largest LCD flat screen in the world on the side of like a massive building, (laughs) you know, and all of this cohabitates in a, in a small, uh, small area. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, uh, help me transition here. Yeah, no, that's perfect, man. Like, you know, I've heard a lot of that story before and I hadn't heard the part, like it was great having it all together because, you know, something you mentioned that was really interesting there is the fact that you can go to like a 7,000 year or several thousand year old temple. And in the U.S., you know, we really don't have that. You know, um, we're much more of like a newer colony. Well, at least, you know, the America we know. Um, and, uh, and so it's interesting, like, what were some of the main differences you saw between the people that grew up in obviously Korea and like the people that you know that grew up in America? Were there any like standout differences that you noticed and like, you know, became aware of when you were over there? I mean, the first thing that sticks out is, like I said, uh, we talked about Nunchi, like just this inner sense of knowing how to be. Mm. Um, when you see Americans travel, they stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> I stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah, I was loud. Uh, 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 I, I, I didn't, I didn't try. I mean, I, I try. Okay, I tried, but there's just some, there's just some like quality like that that is just present when you see Americans traveling for the first couple of times when they when they don't know anything. It's just like they just stick out so much. So first of all, that was something that I noticed immediately. It was like it didn't take me very long, like three to six months. Um, And then especially after a year of living there, after a year of living there, it was like you could tell the freshies like real quick and Mm. easy. You know, you could tell people that hadn't been there very long because they just had no awareness of how they were fitting into the group. Um, Especially if you put that group in a larger setting, like you put a table of uh, fresh, you know, immigrant Americans in Korea at a a table that's surrounded in like a a larger restaurant. We're just different. And that difference not bad. It's just like, you just don't realize how different you are until you, uh, and, and you also realize that uh, not as many people care about the states as you think, yeah. <laughs> dude. <laughs> you know, like they don't pay they don't pay us much mind. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that was a big like shock. Like what? Like people don't <laughs> care as much about our stuff. Like that's <laughs> that's really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing is re- respect for elder. Mm. Like just so much respect, so much more respect for elder. Mm. You know, and and uh, another is like sense of history. You know. You, you consider the history, they, they consider the history of things, they're more respectful of the history, uh, I would say. Another is, you know, there's, there's, pros, and neg- there's pros and cons to every culture. And uh, to compare, say, like, you know, um, emphasis on education, okay? So, like, Korea's, you know, notoriously scores towards the top of every possible competency every year, mm. Um, and you've seen because of that, like a rise in their ability to compete on a global market, man, Mm. 60 years ago, 70 years ago, bro, they were a third world country. They were decimated after the Korean war. Yeah. You know, there were no infrastructure, no, no natural resources to build on. You know, they had a, there's just just some amazing, amazing stories from these early recovery days, post Korean war that are like, I mean, Korea is a true economic miracle 
to have gone from where they were to where they are now in just one generation of people, Ryan. Mm. You know, that's barely one person ago. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's really wild to see that, um, how, how hard they had to work to get there. The ingenuity and the creativity that actually had to get, had the creativity of its own kind. They weren't necessarily like innovators when they were like, they weren't making the iPhone, but once certain things were figured out, their ability to refine process and do it over and over again, very efficiently is like unbelievable, man. Mm. Truly unbelievable. So the fact that they have built these massive modern tech, tech companies and car companies, and they have one of the largest shipbuilding industries in the world. Um, they're just a really fascinating uh, uh, economic study, like a case study. Mm-hmm. And then you throw on top what they call Hallyu, which is the Korean cultural wave um, and how insane uh, that's been over the last decade between <laughs> K-pop and especially K-drama. Yeah, A lot of people know K-pop, but they're not familiar with K-drama yet. Do you know K-drama? No, I haven't. Okay, so you know telenovela, right? Mm-hmm. Like telenovelas are like the, the, the Spanish like yep. soap operas. Yep. And telenovelas are notorious for being dramatic. You know, it's like, yeah, of course, uh, uh, soap operas are dramatic in, in the States, you yeah. know, but like telenovelas is like super dramatic, you know, <laughs> put that, put that, that, that telenovela dr- drama and you crank it up by a couple of exponents. And now you're starting to touch how dramatic K drama is, bro. Wow. It is so dramatic, dude. There are some, it's like, there are some K dramas where there's literally someone crying in every scene. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, Hey man, life doesn't have to be this serious, <laughs> it's so, but it's like K drama. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hyper emphasis on the drama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, dude. but dude, they take oh they took over Latin America. Oh my god, Latin America population loves K drama, man. Wow. They love it. So it's actually been huge in Latin America, South America, K drama for a while. Wow. Um, but you're starting to see with uh, uh, groups like Blackpink, um, the highest charting women's group of Korean K pop history, and BTS, which is a boys version. Uh, they got like like seven or eight guys in that group. Now, like K pop. They have like groups that are like twelve deep. It's just like too many, <laughs> too many. It's like, it's yeah, I forgot he was lot. in the band. <laughs> yeah, dead serious. I mean, I'm dead serious. It's like how you couldn't keep up with all of them, and and I'm learning they're not actually meant for you to keep up with all the members. It's just meant for the audience to find the one member that they'll hold on to and keep coming for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, like Korean pop is just like, dude. Okay, there's Korean pop. Uh, uh, Korean breakdancers are now some of the best breakdancers in the world. Like anything that can be done technically and refined, they can like they just their style of learning allows for them to get very good at things very quickly because they just do rep after rep after rep after rep. Wow, dude. The, the, the Blackpink girls, the Blackpink girls went to so they go to academies. Right. So these entertainment companies have academies where at like 14, you can get like admitted to go to this academy and essentially go to high school. But the whole emphasis is the arts uh, program that's trying to get you into K-pop. Yeah. And apparently they do 14 hours of training a day, 13 days in a row and then get a day off. Oh, my. And they'll do this for years. 
14 hours a day, 13 days in a row, one day off, rinse and repeat for years at a time. And maybe you'll make it if you don't get cut first or if you don't wow. like, you know what I mean? It's crazy stuff. Uh, and I, I used to cast a lot of judgment onto it, but now I'm just seeing that it's, it's just a different way to go about it. Yeah. It's really great for producing results, but it's also really tough for mental health. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They have very yeah. significant mental health challenges and, and, and it's a byproduct of the culture. Uh, and, uh, you know, they don't have, for example, nearly the type of pharmaceutical reliances that we do, you yeah. know, like that's, that's a byproduct of our culture, you yep. know? Uh, and it's like, yeah, the individual to a sense of isolation, you know, mm -hmm. but then there's the other side of it where your individual ego is removed so much that you don't have a clear sense of self, you mm -hmm. know? So it's just like this back and forth and what I'm seeing. And this is a benefit in, in my belief of uh, a more global society is that we're able to see what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And, there are certain things that, like in the United States, that have really worked. We have developed a system where innovation is readily possible. Mm. And yeah. we've also lived in a, but that has also created like a big boom and bust, rip, rinse and repeat cycle. You know, we're either hitting or we're in a really tough spot. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what I hope to do, uh, what I am doing is I'm taking what I learned from that time which is I grew so much as a person just from doing it. You know what I mean? I wasn't trying to do personal development. It was just a byproduct of doing it. And that to me is so powerful because while it is, look, we both have, we've hosted retreats. Mm -hmm. We intend to host more personal development programs and yeah. more coaching this and that. We do all these things and that's all great. Mm -hmm. This is all good. We can use these things and... Not but, but and yeah. these other things that are available to us, too, that can challenge and stretch us in a new way, can make us more empathetic for people, mm -hmm. you know, learn to like get out of like get rid of your fucking ego, man. You know, like you don't have to enforce your culture onto the situation. Well, I'm not Korean, so I'm, I'm American. I'm going to be this way. Like, no, man, like you're never going to be Korean, Korean, but just try, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so like you just be surprised at how many people won't try. And, and actually, I've. Uh, my best friend, Phil, uh, he's the only one that was able to come see me in about, I lived there off and on for about five years. So he mm -hmm. was the only one that was able to come see me. And so I asked him, and this is part of the personal development conversation. I was like, so man, what was it like for you that first day? And he was like, oh man, I was like frozen. I like was afraid <laughs> to leave the apartment when you weren't there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah. it's true. If If you don't, feel safe and you don't know you don't have these certain skills or, or, or abilities to like just go out and mingle and 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 it's just i don't know man i'm so excited to share personal development in a different way in a way that's like both fun and experiential and we don't go away from things we like go in into the into the hustle and bustle and go into the system and figure like go into this culture that we know is going to be different and like wrestle with it. You know, mm. don't just go over there and like have fun and like not try to learn anything. Like go try to say hello to someone and introduce yourself in another language. And you know what? They might laugh and they're laughing because they're not laughing at you. They're like, they love, they love it. You know, they really think about it. 
Ryan, you, you've lived on this planet long enough. Mm-hmm. Someone in your time has come up to you and doesn't speak English very well and has tried to ask you for directions or help of some kind. Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this fair to say? Oh, yeah. Accurate. Very accurate. And how, how, did, how, did you do, how did you respond? I responded with the utmost sincerity, you know, because when you see someone, you know, uh, uh, actively trying, right, and putting their best foot forward, it's like, I want to help you even more, you know, not even because of this, like, ego thing of like, oh, you're trying to speak my language, just like, hey, man, it's like compassion, like this person's like here, they're stepping way outside of their comfort zone, right, they're, they're even stepping more outside of it when they're coming up to someone and asking them, right, because there's so many people that cast judgment on people that aren't like saying the right words, people get hung up on the silliest things, you know, uh, it's like kids say the darndest things, people get hung up on the darndest things, you know, and so like in those situations, I, I always respond with the utmost sincerity, compassion, and just like uh, understanding that like, hey, they're, they're, they're struggling and also they're doing their best. And like, you know what, if someone like me is uh, able to respond in the way that is uh, that gives them a little bit more confidence, they're going to keep going down that rabbit hole. And like you said, globalization, right? Like they're going to be able to uh, infuse uh, parts of the culture from here they love into the into the culture they come from and vice versa. You know, when I went to Mexico, I had a lot of the same experiences you were speaking of, uh, you know, like not understanding the language. It was like I wasn't nervous to go out in the streets. And at the same time, like, it was more of like, I was nervous that like, if someone spoke to me and was like excited to talk to me, I couldn't return the favor, you know? And, and so, but you know, it was funny. Um, every time that happened, uh, the person and I would just share a really good laugh. And then I would bring up Google Translate, which, you know, Google is, uh, you know, a lot of things. And at the same time, I really appreciate the translate because it helped out a lot. <laughs> so yeah, yeah man. man. <laughs> once you, so like I, like I was, uh, maybe, starting to peck at before but if you can do this once in a systematic way you can do this everywhere uh-huh you know like by 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 teaching people how to do this to go to korea like i'm teaching people how to do this everywhere yeah you know it's applicable anywhere. how to learn the crash course in the language and like how to navigate uncertainty and again just uh uh relinquishing this sense that you have to be right all the time mm-hmm Yep. Whether that's in like trying to speak another language or trying to enforce your culture or enforce the way that your norms onto the situation too. Yeah. I also think it's really funny. You know how like especially in the states we uh it seems I've noticed that think about how what is the general perception of someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger? And then maybe <laughs> this is like this is a little dated because but for a while it's like Everybody thought Arnold Schwarzenegger was just this big fucking meathead. Yep. You know, this big dumb meathead. And it's because he sounded like this, you yeah. know, always talking like, and people just think that he's this meathead. Yeah. Dude, he's so brilliant. Oh, yeah. He's a and genius. Like, clearly, he became a governor of a, cal- of a state. You know, he reached the highest possible political office that you can achieve as a non, like, uh, a born citizen, American citizen, uh, yeah. natural born citizen of the United States. I mean, he speaks at least three languages, you know, and it's like so many people in the States can just, ah, when you go somewhere and you meet people like this, you just don't get, if you've never met people like this, you just don't get it. You don't get that there are these citizens of the globe and you're either going to stay with them or you're going to get left behind. You know, it's not like, oh, if people are pissed that they have to press two to to get English or whatever, (laughs) press press one to use English. They don't want to have to, like, be inconvenienced with having to press a single button 
to to listen to their uh, 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 the the announcement that they need in the language of their choosing. Like I remember, there's such a resistance to it, especially where I'm from, man. Yeah. Just to be real, like especially in the South, there's oh, yeah. such a resistance to this growth uh, of things being different. And I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, after I've met the, I won't say his full name, but I had a classmate named Leif. He was from Sweden and he spoke seven languages, bro. Oh my God, dude. He went to the University of Pennsylvania, Wharton School of Business, like you Penn, Ivy, speak seven languages. You like, you think he cares about, you know, uh, having to press one or two (laughs) for a different language? Like, no, he can press any button. He knows them all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not inconvenienced. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I want people, uh, uh, to see if anything too, that like, you know, the world's moving on mm-hmm. and the United States is either moving with the world or we're moving counter to the way that the world works and we can still hold the ideals. And I want to make this very clear. And I, I personally believe this. We can still hold these essential ideals that make us uniquely American and participate in a global culture. I think that there's room for both of those things. And um, I, I try to live that way personally. Mm-hmm. And I also am uh, part of the inspiration of the trip is to help people be exposed to new ways of thinking and new ways of the world to grow and to make, to make the change in their community a lot more possible. You know, yeah. don't just be someone in your community, like actively shape it. And yeah. uh, that's been another part of my mission and message over the last couple of years is don't, you know, what, what are you, what are you doing this for? Like, are you doing this for something for yourself or bigger than yourself? And I guess at first, like we have to start with the I, we have to take care of ourselves. Um, if we are not filling up and, and, you know, filling our cup, as they say, uh, then we can't pour out for others. But after you've worked on that, the next stage is to like, you know, nurture your family, your Mm -hmm. inner, your most inner close family. That Mm -hmm. might be just a significant other. It might be, um, parents, kids, you name it. But after that, like there's your neighborhood or your community. Yep. And it's like, let's just let, you know, let, let's go out and help, yeah. <laughs> you know, dude, <laughs> like, you know, don't protest, uh, uh, on the internet, you know, don't protest behind a computer screen. Like go have a conversation with your neighbor, you know? Yeah. Maybe that means a socially distant conversation. It means, <laughs> you know, like setting up in a way that's, that's safe. Okay, great. But what I'm saying is, is like we uh, let's not reject our um, not obligation, but our opportunity. That's the right word. Yes. Our opportunity to Good shape our our yeah our community in real time. Not mm-hmm. just talk about what we'd like to see different. Actively do that. And so um, I'm intending to again all of this. I'm, I'm any any travel is it's got an asterisk by it, but I feel very confident that by October of 2021, a lot of this stuff will. Um, be taken care of. We'll have uh, uh, mechanisms at play here that will make the world a safer place um, for travel, and 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 that's all good. And uh, but I intend to in a uh, I'm hosting a, a a trip to Memphis sometime in the spring, and that's going to be one of the big messages too is to like bring this personal development work that we're doing on ourselves and growing our businesses mm-hmm. and then let's turn this into some earth energy and let's give it back to the community. Hell yeah, dude. In a way that's non-transactional. Yeah. You know, I love and, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, Go for it. uh, you know, a couple of things you brought up there that I wanted to touch on too is, you know, the only constant is change, right? So, um, I see what you mean. A lot of people are, you know, really okay with the status quo 
And at the same time, they're unaware that nothing, like, like I said, the only constant is change. Everything's constantly changing and they're getting very stuck in their ways. Right. And, and also this brings up a really good, uh, you know, discussion on like, you know, what are you going to let bother you? Because again, like when people were like, Oh, it's so annoying that I have to press two for English, right? Or one for English or whatever. Right. At the same time, it's like, you only have so much energy per day, right? And do you want to waste that energy feeling like, you know, uh, superior in America, which is a very new country in the world? Like you said, when you went to Korea, you realized like, oh, America is not like the thing that it's portrayed in the country. Like the whole world is focused on us. And I realized the same thing when I went to Mexico, right? I go to Mexico, of course, like growing up in the States, hearing all the things about Mexico. It was incredible down there. Yeah, people don't have much. And you know what? They're insanely happy. You know why? Because they understand the value of connection. They understand the value of having their family there every night. They understand the value of working together, co-creating magic, right? They understand like, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, loving the land, right. And like really being grateful for everything around them. And so it was a very different, um, area to be in and a very different experience. And I loved it, you know, and not to like say anything bad about America. America's great too. And like, I think a lot of people could benefit. I know a lot of people could benefit from having that experience of getting outside of America and realizing like, Oh, there's other greatness in the world. There's other incredible things, incredible people like to see in the world. And I've noticed a very strong correlation, right? Between the people like your friend, uh, Leif that you mentioned that have yeah. put in the work and are just clearly, you know, um, uh, like focused on bigger and better things, right? They're focused on like, like you were talking about, right? Paul check always talks about I, we all, right? Like fill your cup first, right? Where does the heart pump blood first to itself and then move on to your community. And then at that point, you'll be able to, you know, collaborate together because again, we can't do much alone when it really comes down to it. Right. And that's one of the main things that I feel America has gotten wrong in their culture is that a lot of it is like cut the person down next to you get to the top everyone's out to get you like that type of mentality right like you notice that like the hustler mindset the boss mindset all this stuff right and really what that's done is uh devalued a lot of people and and allowed them or disallowed them from stepping into a immense amount more power right because when well, we it worked it worked when it needed to work yeah yeah, because that, and it's that outdated. was the way that it was, yeah. dude. Yeah, that was the way that it was. Yeah, you know, if you weren't going to be the person that like nutted up and got the oil <laughs> uh, coming out of the ground or got the railroad laid down, like shit wasn't getting made. Shit yeah, wasn't getting taken out of the ground, and somebody was going to come fucking take it. You yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, so it was savage. I don't yeah. want to give the impression that like what that it it, it worked, and th- and it and it was like an important part of the evolution because it showed the flaws, and and that's. Both can be true. Yeah. Both are true. Yeah. And that's uh, like, that's savage, what I'm and it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And that's like what I'm saying is uh like it's outdated. Exactly. Like uh, I want to also uh, recognize that it definitely did work. It definitely had its time. And I feel like, you know, it's almost like um God, my love language is analogy. So, you know, me, Brooks, I'm always trying to find an analogy, but I don't even need an analogy for this one. It's just like, you know, you get you get comfy with something. Right. Think about it this way. Right. Like um, a lot of people like like, uh, you know, we'll talk about nutrition. Right. They might love Oreos. Right. And uh, they're like loving Oreos. They're like, oh, favorite thing. Get home at the end of the night. Want, like, you know, eat some Oreos. And then they start to get healthier, right? And they're like, these Oreos are holding me back, right? And the more they hold on to the Oreos, the less they're going to be able to get their new goal of being healthy, right? So America's at that stage now, right? Where we're like, we're, 
we're refusing to give up the Oreos, but we know we need to give up the Oreos, you know? Ah, yes, <laughs> I did an analogy. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if this is – I think this is like a parable, but I'm going to share it because it came to the forefront of my mind. Please. About the American business American businessman and the Mexican fisherman. Have you heard this? Mm, I think I have, but please say it um, because I would love to hear it All again right. and I would love to share it with the listeners. So an American businessman – who has uh, worked his whole life building up his company, um, takes off and he, and he needs a break and he goes to Mexico. And uh, he, he retires down in Mexico and he's, <clears throat> he meets a fisherman. And so he, he becomes friends with this fisherman and the fisherman takes him out on the boat and they would just go hang out on the boat. And the American businessman was like, man, you know, you're a really good fisherman what you should do is you should like, you should try to start your own fishing company. And the guy was like, okay, well like, how would I do that? And he said, well, you'd, uh, you'd start like taking all, you know, you, you, you'd fish a little bit longer and you take the fish and you'd take the fish to the market and you'd turn it around and you'd, and you'd sell them. He goes, okay, well then what happens? He goes, well, you know, you'd start doing that and you want to hire a couple of more fishermen so you can catch more fish. That way that you can start to get more boats and, and you can get more fishermen. You can get like a bigger profit. And the guy's like, okay, like what fisherman's like, well, what do I do after that? He goes, well, the next step would be, uh, to, to basically like get your own cut of the market. You know, you want to make sure that you like take over this marketplace with your fish and you want to basically get all the other fishermen out of there so you can be the primary seller of fish and so you can make all the money. And he's like, okay, well then what do I do? And so, you know, this continues on and on for a little while and he finally says okay well after i've built this the, the fisherman says okay I, I followed you along american businessman i i can sell these fish and i could hire more people and i could grow and get more boats and then i could make my company big and take over this city and then we can start selling in other cities and really start dominating this market and then i can be the top selling fisherman in the world then what and he said well you know then you can retire and you can just go and hang out on your boat Fisherman's <laughs> like. Oh, I do that already. <laughs> Why yeah. go through all the fuss? Yeah. Yeah. Dude. And that's <laughs> it's why would I go through the fuss to do what I'm doing right now? Yeah. And it, that that's the difference in uh the the belief that you're describing of the, you know, like we have this we've told this particular story about the way that Mexico is and then we go down to Mexico and we see like this this different experience and a different vibe and what we had originally been told. And you're kind of like, well, what is that? You mm -hmm. know? And it's like that, that is to me it, it's like they have a, they literally live in a country that is more abundant, you mm -hmm. know, when it comes to growth and being able to get plants and vegetation year round and all of those things. So it's like, it's just, you're, hmm, how can I say this? You are a product of your culture and your language, mm -hmm. right? So your geography even impacts your culture. So one thing I learned is that it turns out, I think I was reading the book Exuberant Animal. I think mm. that's the book. Um, and he makes a point that if you look at all of the uh, geography of the monotheistic religions, the main big three being the Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, mm -hmm. all of the monotheist cultures are in deserts. <laughs> But if you look at a lot of the polytheistic, the multi-god cultures, most of them in the jungle <laughs> with lots of vegetation. Wow. So it's like 
the desert, it's like, yes, no, you know, daytime, nighttime, fucking hot, fucking cold. <laughs> it's like God is a, he's a, he's a judgmental God. He'll cut you down real quick. You know, the elements will cut you down real quick. Um, so that's like, that's literally shaped their religion and their culture and their belief system is their geography. And I was like, holy crap, I had never thought of that before. But of course, what in the jungle, right? It's like everything's abundant. There's fruit everywhere. It's like there's just so many different types of animals, so many different types of vegetation. There's just so much going on, right? So of course, it's like there must be many gods. There must be many different things going on, you know, because we see it with our eyes. Mm. And it's just kind of crazy that like our language literally shapes the physical reality that we see. Yeah. Um, the famous is like the <laughs> Russian. Apparently there's like way more words for blue in the Russian language. So the average Russian physically sees more shades of blue than you and I do because mm. we have less words to describe blue. Mm. And when you start to like peel those micro layers back, whew, you're like, things just start to make a lot more sense. You know, the way that we've, when I, um, you're familiar with alchemy? Yeah. Yep. So alchemy, I mean, let's just say for a second that the people who, alchemists and people of all generations, they were a lot smarter than just like low-hanging fruit of possible meanings. Mm -hmm. Okay? Let's just start with the assumption that they're really clever too. Yeah. <clears throat> when they talk about changing elements or turning one thing into another, were they always meaning literally? And I think no. I agree. I think it's like this. The earth element is like material. The water element, emotions. The fire element, spirit. The air element, the mind. Right? Mm -hmm. So I can be an alchemist just by definition, by taking something that's in my mind, it's in the air element, and turning it into a product, mm. into the earth element. I've then become an alchemist. Not in the way that I turn lead into gold, but in the way that turned element, turned energy from one thing to another. Mm. And lately, <clears throat> I caught myself living so much in the air element, expecting so much from the air element. <laughs> and As so many of us do. <laughs> air, yeah, I was expecting air to turn to turn to earth on its own. <laughs> <laughs> you follow me? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm following you. <laughs> so we have. Uh, 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 I've been thinking about this lately, Ryan, and you're the right person to talk to you about this. Yes, because we love we love playing in our minds, mm -hmm. and I've been thinking about it like. Like tickling your dick. Yep. <laughs> it's like it's like a lot of mental masturbation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and here's the thing, we don't have to assign value or judgment to mental masturbation. We're just gonna call it for what it is. Yep. When, when when it really comes down to it, if you're asking why things are as they are, you're really just wanting to tickle your mental pickle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> tickle on that mental pickle. <laughs> tickle that mental mental pickle. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Uh, the king says so yes and tickle your mental pickle. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm a recovering mental pickle tickler. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to welcome Brooks today. He's a recovering, uh, you know, mental uh, pickle tickler, you know. <laughs> Hi, bro. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> Say that ten times fast, bro. I dare you. Hi, Double dog bro, dare you. Bro, yeah. I'm Brooks, <laughs> and I'm here because I am a recovering mental pickle tickler. Okay, so what I've committed to is try is is bringing things into the earth element more, mm. and that is just like talking about what is, mm-hmm. you know, what 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 actually is, not mm-hmm. not what do we want it to be, not just just what is it. Yeah, and uh, like. A lot of uh, personal development lives in the spiritual air, in the air, you know, uh, yep. and it's and it's good. Like it, it, it need if you can't imagine it, it's hard to live into it, right? You really can't step into a vision or version of yourself that you can't imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you can't create it by imagining it. Yep. You can imagine it, and then you can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and the, and that's going to come in phases. Um, Maybe you'll get lucky and you'll have a moment where you kind of like skip some, skip some of the steps first couple of tries. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, where you can say, uh, to use lack of a better word, manifest your goal quicker than yeah. some other people. Um, cause sometimes you just like tune into the matrix just the right way and weird things happen. It's like the law <laughs> of miracles, you know? Yeah. Um, there is the random that does occur, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, I have some, some interesting, of those stories from the road trip. But, um, what I've committed to myself is, is really bringing the earth element more prevalent into my life. And I'm going to do that in my coaching. Mm. I used to really want to, uh, be kind and nurturing to, um, my, my clients Mm -hmm. and dude, Oh my God. Oh my God, Ryan. (laughs) Sorry. I'm going for it. (laughs) Go for it, bro. uh, I was, I was talking to my wife the other day. And she had a story come up and I reacted the only way that I had in the moment. The only way I was prepared to support her in the moment was like getting out pen and paper and just like, like write this down, mm-hmm. you know, so we can like break the, cause we have tools for this, you know, yeah. we're going to do it. But yeah, I was like very, prop, prop, you know, like, you know, very yeah. unnurturing. I'll just put it to you that way. Yep. Like kind of like the cold daddy indifference, like the go mow the lawn. The Mr. And, Miyagi you know? wax on, wax off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And, <clears throat> Uh, and the reason at least justified in my, in my heart was that, uh, this is an old story mm-hmm. and in my mind too old, which is in and of itself a story, but in my mind it's, it's too old, but this got me thinking about like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm imagining that there is an inflection point where nurturing love is becomes harmful, where you mm-hmm. have to kind of like get that colder less uh, uh emotionally attached earth what is that the, the energy you mm-hmm. know and i feel like i'm fa- falling back into that within n- without dogma you know mm-hmm. i'm not doing it because like my dad told me to do it or the school told me to do it or the government told me to do it you know <laughs> i'm doing it because i'm now seeing it to be the best way that i can serve people right now yeah because when it comes to habit change, you know, me being like, Oh, tell me about how long this has been going on and this and that, like it helps to a degree, but at the same time, it's like, Hey, um, the reason that you are having, um, weight issues is because you can't stop putting food in your mouth, you know, like that's, that's what's real. Yep. You know, it's not anything else is us tickling our mental pickle, Mm -hmm. you know, well, why, why are you this way? And Mm -hmm. it's like, 
listen, I'm not saying there's no value in understanding why. I'm just also saying it's a, it can be a trap. It's a balance. And it can be a crutch yeah. Yeah. to keeping us from getting what we want. It's to, to spend emotional, uh, to spend any sort of energy looking at why instead of actually going, okay, but what's real? What's earth? Okay, I need to stop doing this. Okay, okay if I need to stop doing this, I, need to, it, I can't have it around me. Right. If I'm putting in my mouth that I'm somehow putting myself in a situation where I'm around those things, mm-hmm. you know, yep. does that mean I'm buying it? Does that mean I'm going to my friend's house because I know that they're going to have some like what is the behavior? And then you go, OK, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just there is no other way. Right. Yeah, it's um, true. I can't wish it away. There's I don't mean this to be coarse. I'm just saying there's literally no other way than stopping doing it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're either doing it or you're not. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so yeah. that's the only way. So anything beyond fixing what is the earth, like then anything else is just like extraneous effort that we're putting into it. But again, the question goes back to when is nurturing the right path and when is um, um, the cold dissonant, you know, uh, distant response the right one and here's what here's what came up okay (laughs) (laughs) is how old is the story i think about nurturing it what is like the most nurturing thing that a human could do for another human in my mind it's a mother breastfeeding Mm. is there anything more nurturing than a mother breastfeeding like it's just so natural. I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying this in awe. It's like, how incredible is it that human beings, women, can not only form a baby into completion and birth it into this realm, but they also produce the nutrition that feeds said baby for as long as, long as they pretty much want to do it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. But when I see a six-year-old British kid breastfeeding and reading Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, six is too old for titty. Yeah. In that it's way, way, anyway. Too you know? old yeah. <laughs> too old for that's mom's titties. <laughs> and that's exactly right. Yeah. And so some of these stories are just too old for titty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you know I love that analogy. Just made, bro. <laughs> that is incredible. Like, yes. I totally get what you mean, man. I totally get what yeah. you mean. And and I and I, I like I'm turning the critical eye on myself. Some of my stories are too old for titty. Yeah, you know, and a lot of the stories are in the air element. Mm-hmm. They're in my mind, and the way that I, you know, slap the titty out my mouth, so to speak, is to like turn it into earth. Yeah, be have 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 those tough conversations. You know, your your clients are not necessarily supposed to be your friends. Yes, you know, that's the it's number like, one because, tip I give coaches. They're not supposed to be your friends, not necessarily. They're not there to be your friend. You're doing them a disservice if they're paying you and you're just telling them what they want to hear. That's not why they're there. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, They're paying you money to help them. And if you're like overly sympathetic and overly soft and And trauma bonding, you're you're breastfeeding. Yeah. It's exactly you're coddling them. Yeah. And uh, what I'm committed to is um, uh, is I'm stepping into I'm still coaching but I'm narrowing my focus to work with men in their 30s and 40s that are going through some sort of lifestyle transition. You're either uh, having a health challenge that is just kind of new and unexpected. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe you've uh, been training for a really long time, and now you're just burnt out. But you have no other winning formulas. You do not know how to change your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Another is like you uh, have a child on the way or you know you have one coming. 
um, or you just like you you've made this shift and you're just unsure how to re-strategize uh, winning formulas in your life. Like that's who I'm going to work with. Yeah. And what those men need is not me going. Let's talk about your dinner table. You know, personally, these guys <laughs> yeah. don't need to know about their inner child and their this and their that because anything that I'm doing like that is just t- tickling the mental pickle. Yep. Unless it's an actual hindrance. You know, I like it, but I'm going to talk to them about like, Hey, you want this? So stop doing this and yeah. stop doing this and, and add this. And if you're not willing to add that glass of water first thing in the morning, uh, and you want to get to the workouts then you're not ready for change, yep. you know, and exactly. just telling them that. And it's like, dude, stop, stop drinking alcohol. Like yeah. just stop, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, don't talk to me about your workout program until you're not drinking every day mm-hmm. or even three days a week. Accountability you know, until you're. It's the yeah, most important until you're thing. drinking enough water, until you're going on that 20-minute walk, until you're having uh, a con- in-depth conversations with your partner or with the people in your life, until you're doing these things, you're not ready for that change. Yeah. And I want you to be, but you won't be until you are. So when you are ready to hit this criteria, you can come find me. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not, because I, it's, it's not because I don't like you. It's because I do. It's yeah. because I care about you. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's also that's like... what you need. I would, I would say also it's because like you understand what their potential is and you're like, I'm not willing to keep you at this. I'm not willing to coddle you and tell you that like, oh yeah, like, you know, you don't need to do these things to get better. You can just dance around it and maybe this week drink less beers. You know, it's like, no, I see your potential. If you're not willing to step into it, then let me know when you are, period. You know, and it sounds harsh, but really accountability is the most empowering thing you can do for someone because when that person realizes like, oh shit, I just literally put down the beer and I don't pick one up again. And they're like, what else can I do in my life? And then from there, I mean, that's when you see massive changes happen in people's lives. I know that's what happened for me. And I imagine that's what happened for you at some point where you realize like, oh, wait, everything I'm doing is just a story and I can just choose to let that story go and accept accountability for my actions and life expands rapidly for me. Yeah. And it, it's happened and is happening. For <laughs> yeah, me. yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's not a, it's not like a, in the past type of deal. It's yeah. like, what else is next for me, man? Dude, this is the first year I've gone through a holiday without hurting myself with food. Yeah. First time. Yeah. You know, and it was like, don't eat more. Yeah. That was it. Yep. Don't eat more. Yep. Get a smaller plate and eat less. Yep. You know, Whereas before it was like, oh yeah, but it's, uh, it's like, yeah, but it's the holiday and you never, you only get this food once a year and you always keep it sacred. You can have what you want. It's like none of that. Like (laughs) just stop eating food, you know, that was, but again, like, uh, so in one area of my life, it's like, I figured that out 15 years ago. Like when it came to exercise, right. It was like all this nonsense, like talking myself out of exercise. I just like stopped listening to that shit, yep. you know, 15 years ago. So now, now I didn't say I listen to my body. I give it the appropriate amount of exercise, the appropriate type of attention, but whether or not to give it attention is no longer like a conversation. <laughs> it stopped being a conversation 15 years ago, but with my food, it's now just, I'm now ready for change in that area because yeah. I had old story. And you know what? Those stories were way too old for Titty Ryan. Yep. Way too mm-hmm. old. So this is the year that I got to parent myself in that way. And, yeah. um, you know, that's really what we're doing is reparenting our own selves. <laughs> yeah, man. That's perfectly said yeah. right there. You know, and, you know, it brings up one of the things I wanted to chat with you quickly about, too, which was, you know, 
for you, you know, saying yes to your heart, right? Which is really what you're doing there, like in my mind, right? Because I know when I'm finally ready to like say, okay, get off the titty, like it's really saying yes to my heart. It's what my heart's been saying all along, like, hey, you're eating too much food or hey, this, but your mind is going to get in the way and be like, yeah, well, you know, it's only once a year, et cetera, yada, 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 right? So for you, saying yes to your heart is a way of life, as you so beautifully tell in the tale of the king says yes. And without ruining that story for those who have yet to experience it, how did you first learn to surrender to the flow of life and what tips might you have for someone just embarking on that journey of self-exploration to keep it very closely in line with the conversation that we are already having yeah the only way to let the only way to live in the flow of life is to live in the flow of life mm. that's the only way to do it what a paradox, okay. huh? <laughs> now, that's a, that is, okay, it only seems like a paradox. Yeah. But it's that, it's that we, sometimes we have a hard time holding space for both things to be true, mm-hmm. which is letting go of things that are out of your control and taking action around the things that are. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's only a paradox if you allow it to be. Yeah. Because that's assuming that you have to be one way or the other all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the way that life is. Mm. You, you're you're always in motion. You're always in flow until you're not. And by not, it's like moving on to the next life. But even then, you know, some people would say your spirit is continuing on and you, your, your physical material carries on mm-hmm. for quite a long time. Yeah. You know, it yeah. stays decomposing for a long time. It, too, is still in motion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not what we consider uh, living, you know, but there are things that are living. It's just not my spirit and it's not it's in, in its awakened form. So uh, to live in the flow of life to me is a consistent set of choices. Mm-hmm. You're you're in a constant stream of now choices. Mm-hmm. Do I stay on this phone call or on this uh, podcast with Ryan? Do I have this conversation with my partner? Do I put this food in my mouth? Do I go and do my exercise? You're in a living stream of now choices. Mm. You are what you choose. Mm. Doesn't mean that what you've chosen is right or wrong. It just means that you are what you're choosing. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is people's interpretation and your interpretation of those choices. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, and you can create the story or let go of it. It's up. It's completely up to you. But what's actually happening is that you're being presented with sets of choices in the now all the time, and you're choosing consciously and unconsciously all the time. Mm-hmm. And you are what your actions are. What does it mean to live in the flow of life? To me, it's letting go of there's an idea of that you made a right decision or a wrong decision. You yeah. made a decision. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. You made a decision. Now what? You made mm-hmm. a decision. Now what? Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. That 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 is the flow of life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you it, made a decision. Now what? You know, you know it's my things favorite. Things are happening. Yeah. Yeah, things are happening. Like, and you think, yeah, that, that's it. Things are happening. And the, like, acceptance or, or awareness that things are happening, um, and that all you can do at any given point is make a decision in this moment. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what's actually happening. 
You know, it's funny because my favorite quote of all time is nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. And, you know, it's so true. Um, you know, it's a Shakespeare quote and it's so true because at any moment in time you're making choices and it's your story about whether or not they're bad or good that creates that, like that, um, that discourse within you, right. That allows you to slip out of that flow. And I love how you put that, that like, you know, you're just making choices at, at every point in time. And, you know, it's how you think about those choices that really allows you to, in my mind, this is how I'm seeing it because from my own experience, um, it's those choices that you're, that you're making and how you're viewing them. Uh, that's allowing you to either think that you're going with the flow or against the flow, right? Whereas like, if you just surrender to the flow of life and you just accept that like, hey, you know what? Like maybe my mind and my personal preferences are not the best way to lead me through life magic happens as soon as that happens in my life and you know the book the surrender experiment really documents what can happen when you fully surrender to the flow of life and i believe it was um uh wayne dyer it's a it's a quote that paul check says all the time but it's if you don't like your situation look at what you're choosing unconsciously you know because so much of our life is unconscious right and so when we're not aware of what we're choosing right we're doing it unconsciously for instance like um like that food thing you were talking about right it's like just realizing like oh i just just don't put as much food on my plate and I don't feel that disgust after I eat. Boom. Like I didn't, I was just unconsciously being like, oh, you know, I wish I could, you know, feel less disgust at the end of a meal, like as you're piling more food on, you know, and it's like, yeah. you know, a lot of these things become patterns and programs, right? And they're malware, right? And so what do you do with a computer with malware? You just take the malware off and you reinstall a program that works, right? So like, you know, of course it takes repetition, but just that moment of saying like, hey, I have malware. Hey, I just put less food in my plate and now I feel better. Boom. That's a huge revelation, you know, for me, for you, yeah. for anyone, you know. I think our buddy Ben Joy Walker was like, when is now going to be a good time? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> That's I like love... you want to make a decision, you want to make a change. When is now going to be a good time? Because you always make the decision now. You know, it's just like, it's just a now delayed, uh, possibly. Um, yeah, Ryan, I, I mean, um, I'm really, I'm really feeling, uh, what, what you're saying right now for sure. Yeah, man. Likewise, dude. And, um, dude, we're going to have to do a round two in this, man. We could go for another three hours, bro. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking you said you're doing a Memphis trip in spring, correct? Correct. Dude, well, I mean, count me in, bro. Uh, as long as it's not five days at the end of April, because I'm going to uh, HLC2, um, I would love to come experience Memphis, dude. Because uh, my goal is basically with no music festivals and travel being pretty safe now with tests and all yada yada. Um, I'm just going to see the whole entire U.S. Uh, in 2021. Uh, I did half of it this year. Um, and then uh, next year, I'm just going to do a road trip like you guys did and just go to every single state in the continental U.S. that I haven't gone to and also Hawaii. So the only state I wouldn't have gone to is alaska which i'll get to you know um but yeah dude i'd be honored um brooks well, this... we will we will be honored to have you uh Hell we're yeah. gonna get the good food uh a lot of amazing uh music and uh stories around why this music is significant and what we can learn about that time in our history and relate it to what we're experiencing today um you know me i, I love those stories and honestly like the living in the flow of life is what <laughs> it's funny that living in the flow of life is what allowed these stories to be birthed. Mm. Um, because, uh, I wasn't trying to, um, create a one man show. Uh, I wasn't honestly, like I wasn't even trying to start a podcast. 
Uh, the, the, the other podcast that I have is Serious Fun, which is my new one. Like, I wasn't even intending to do that. I just wanted to have some fun conversations with my friends, and they turned out to be like, <laughs> I learned a lot, a lot from them, you yeah. know. So it was like, oh, let's just keep this going. Uh, and and yeah, the 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 way that the King says yes has ended up impacting my life and and other people um, as they've had it related back to me. It's such a fun ride. Uh, I can't wait to, you know, continue telling that story um, more in person. I have a lot of uh, plans for that in 2021 myself. So all of this will be uh, (laughs) sponsored sponsored by Tahiti Lime, the one and only. Yes. And uh, a couple of trips planned. And a lot of these things, uh, these were not my plans. Um, the, the trips, I, I, the trip ideas and working with men on developing, you know, doing a lot more intentional lifestyle design, like that, these were things that started, became about because of letting go to the flow of life, asking people how I could help, you know, and, and realizing and, and, and asking myself, who am I attracting and what do they share in common? You know, not who was I trying to attract with recess? Like, who am I actually speaking to and who's responding well to what I'm doing? Like, that's just, that's responding to the flow of life. Um, getting the opportunity to tell a story and realizing that, hey, you can make the story really fun if you added some music. And then talking to your friend, Danny Rios, who's like, dude, we could totally like get some light and the lights would make it so good. And I was like, dude, that's so true, Danny. And then all of a sudden, there's like a group of men watching me do this thing. And it just like came out. And people were like, what was that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but we all just saw that, right? Yeah. Like, you know, everybody yeah, just yeah. felt that, right? And I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. we all just felt that. And we're, I was like, are you sure we felt that? And everybody was like, yeah, dude, we totaled that definitely happened. And then I kept telling the story and it didn't matter if there were two people watching or if there was a, you know, at our tiny, like at our small retreat, you know, having a nice little, a nice little set um, where people were leaving there going like, whoa, man, that was special. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's like if there's one final close to all of this, none of that came because I was um, forcing my will on the world. It, it was very much from taking action once mm-hmm. the inspiration was given to me effortlessly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the balance mm-hmm. that you receive the inspiration and that that came, it comes about of its own. That's outside of you. Um, but are you going to step in and turn it into the earth element? Are you going to do it? You know, make the decision and actually do it. Yeah. It reminds me of a quote that I tell a lot, which is life is not an observation sport. You know, like there's a certain amount where, yeah, you get like the download or the the piece of wisdom and then it's up to you to go out and take action. And that's been the exact same experience I've had with, you know, my whole entire venture this year, especially um, my recent cannabis guided ceremonies and, um, you know, working with Brady Brewer to, you know, collaborate and bring the music and the plant medicines together and guide people through experiences, man. And it's just been it's just it's unfolding every day. Um, because we answered the call, you know, with action and, um, dude, Brooks, this has been so much fun getting to share space with you and share your effort journey with the listeners. Where can people go to learn more about you, connect with you, work with you and just talk, chat with you. Awesome. The best place to reach me currently is on Instagram at Brooks Meadows, B R O O K S M E A D O W S. I host two podcasts. One of them is Barbell Buddha Rediscovered, which is a tribute podcast to the late, great Chris Moore, the Barbell Buddha. The other is called Serious Fun. I have a lot of uh, really great conversations with uh, people living awesome lives just like you, man. And uh, that's why I can't wait to interview interview you as well. So, yeah, Brooks Meadows on Instagram. 
Dude, I'm so excited, man. I can't wait to hop on. And I got one last question for you, Brooks. If someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Brooks Meadows suggest that change be? Say yes to who you are Mm. by letting go of the things that are no longer you. Mm. It's okay to let those things go. Say yes to yourself. Yeah, man. Dude, I love that. Guys, after that conversation, I feel you can all see why Brooks is one of my all-time favorite humans. His way of crafting stories that leave you hanging on the edge of your seat, coupled by his ability to dose you with incredible amounts of wisdom that never feel overwhelming or hard to understand, are just two of the many superpowers he holds within him. From the first moment I met Brooks, I could feel the positive energy radiating from him. And watching him step more and more into his power and continue saying yes to the call of life has been a huge inspiration in allowing me to find the courage to do the same thing. Speaking of saying yes, hearing just how much as of late this podcast has been giving you guys, the listeners, the necessary push to step outside of your comfort zones and into the lives you've always dreamed of gives me a feeling of fulfillment and love that I could never put into words. My goal and mission with this company is to help as many people as possible rediscover their true nature, step into their unique powers, and pave their own paths in life. And by you guys continuing to share the podcast with your friends and family and leave reviews on iTunes, we can continue to grow this co-creation of magic further and further together. Brooks, thank you so much again for hopping on and sharing your time with us today. And until next time, brother, journey well, be well, love and light over your way. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.